Welcome to track number two of the Volante. Number one is to be on a mission. Number two is to be a messenger. Hey, what did I say? It's to be on a mission. And number two is to be a missionary. What does it mean to be a missionary? Number one, to be a messenger. Ways you can become a missionary. Number one is to be a messenger. Amen? Just carry the message. What message? I am, I am continuing to carry a message. Work for the Lord. Do something for Jesus. Have you not noticed that I've been somehow saying that message all along? Don't sit down. Don't be idle. Don't just watch. Don't just be happy around. Don't just keep smiling and saying, well done. You're doing a great job, Bishop. I keep encouraging you. Do something. Amen. Do something for the Lord. And you see, as I keep doing that, some people will rise up. And some will take cities. Some will take little communities. Some will have little groups. Some will have big churches. But everybody will have something. And when I was reading the torch and the sword, I was encouraged. Because John Wesley was talking to um, Rejoiner in the vision. And he told him, he said, this was the secret that I had. I would train different groups, small groups. And some of them rose up to take communities. Some rose up to take their towns. Some rose up to take cities. Some took nations. You know, so, because as I keep encouraging, you'll be surprised. Somebody will have at least a Bible study. Somebody will have at least a cell group. Somebody will have a church. Somebody will do something. And through that, we even see people going to nations. To take nations. And doing the work of God in the nations. So, that is what I'm doing. Amen. And that is why we want to continue doing that. Amen. Number three is to be a disciple. Amen. Number one is to be a messenger. Number two is to be a disciple. Wow. Everybody say disciple. A disciple is someone who learns, who has learned at the feet of someone else. So when you are being sent as a missionary, all you are being asked is disciple. When I, when I go to Korea, Dr. Yonggi Cho constantly says, your, he says, my disciples, he calls me, he said, my disciples have the largest churches in all the cities that they are in. He calls his pastors his disciples. He says, my disciples are this, my disciples are this, my, he just is the word disciples. It's like people that have learned what he is teaching. Amen. So when you are being sent as a missionary, it's nothing, you know, so fantastic. It's just about being a disciple. And someone who's learned, this is what I learned. This is what I learned. This is what I'm doing. Alright? I took some pastors with me to Korea. And many of them were saying, oh, we, are seeing a, we are seeing the place where you, you've copied a lot of things from. So, yeah. I don't have any shame about that. Why would, I, why would I take somebody there if I wanted to keep it as a secret? That's why I say that I would love to take all of us. Maybe we have to have a special, because next year it's going to be in Korea in October. Oh, the lay pastors must come and they, they, they have blocks for lay people. You see and see what is a powerful thing that God has done there. Lay people are working for God. Amen. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, I believe that to be a good disciple is to be a good missionary. 
Amen. And you have to learn what we are learning here very well. You know, we have to learn what we are learning very well. What we are doing, learn it and learn it well. So that in the day of temptation, you know, you will not unlearn all that you've learned. Or undo all that you've learned. Do you understand? To be a good disciple. So let us be disciplined and learn all the things that we have to learn. Alright? Because sometimes somebody is with you, but you don't like... You see, that's why, that's why you've got to be faithful. Because as I went to Korea this time, I learned something. As I look, I said, lay people. Lay people. They have offices. They are working. You would have thought that it was people that are doing it full time. The whole place is full of lay people. They are not paid. They are they're rather contributing extra. I said, wow. Then I said that, I've seen that this year, this is what I've learned. That somebody has taken the lay ministry to a far higher level than we are doing completely. You know? So, I believe that being faithful causes you to even learn more things. Because you see, there are people who feel they finish learning. Oh, it's true. That's one, one of the reasons why people break away. They feel they finish learning what they are going to learn from you. That's why people stop coming to homecoming. Stop coming to camps. Stop coming. They feel I, I know what. Bishop, what is Bishop going to preach? Kill yourself for Jesus. And come full time. Yeah. And you can always feel it when you are in the presence of people who think they know what, they know you, they know what you are saying, what you are doing. But you don't, you don't know, you don't know. You don't know. One day I took somebody somewhere and she was shocked. She was shocked. And she said something, she said, Bishop, no one will ever know you unless you show the person. I said, yeah, I decided today to show you something. She was shocked beyond her, her thoughts and imagination. She said, no. I said, yeah. People think they know, but they don't know me. You see, because a certain presumption blinds your eyes even. You can't even see. Yeah. When I went around Yongicho's uh, church, even when he played a documentary of his ministry, I said to myself, oh, take that documentary away. Nobody knows Yongicho. You have no idea of the kind of person that he is. Yeah. And you see, this year, when he went, he said, look, for years, he wake up at 3 a.m. every day. When we go for the dinner, he will close. Nine o'clock, you see, he walks like this. And he goes out with the bodyguard. Sometimes they say, dinner has been changed to 6 p.m. By a certain time, say, I think the old man, but not knowing that, 3 a.m., that's, that's how come the pastor is able to pray three hours a day. Because from three is out awake. He said, for years, I always three am I wake up and I pray. That's how come. So, even you hear the teaching, pray for three hours a day. A pastor should pray for three hours a day. But you see, how can you pray for three hours a day practically? Because the way the day is, when the day starts, most of us are prayerless. Prayerless or not, tell the truth. Is it true or it's not? Prayerless or not? Uh-huh. Yeah. That he said it with his mouth. I said, uh huh. That's how come he's able to pray for three hours. Because of the time that they see you, you think he's an old man. 
So all these old people, they are sleeping seven o'clock. Because my mother too, by eight o'clock, if you can't visit her after eight. She says, by eight o'clock, that's the end. Lights out. <laughs> so you laugh at them, you say, oh, they are old. But that is, the, that is why you can pray. But you, remember, you wake up six, seven. Tell yeah. after brush my teeth, this, something, then off. You don't pray. And your teacher said, he wonders how people are trying to make their churches grow. By rushing around preaching. He said, I would rather sit in my room. And I will call the people in the spirits. And stay in my room and make my church grow from my room. Hey! <laughs> I will stay in my room and call the church and pray in the room. You see, but this is what I'm saying that there's a certain presumption. I, I know you, I know you, I know all about it. I know you don't know. You don't know. If you knew, you must realize that sometimes when a person has a certain intelligence, he allows you to know up to here. The rest he doesn't allow you to know. One day I was speaking to someone who was telling lies. And and the person told me a lie. The person told me the truth. Do you see? Then the Lord said to me, the truth the person has told you is to deceive you. Because when the person gives you one bolus of truth, it's to, to calm you down. So stay. Don't. Not knowing that there was more. <laughs> so I want to encourage you to be real disciples. The camp is happening now. This is the camp. All that you are hearing now is this is the camp. This is why you came. Yeah. Just be disciples. Follow hard. Learn hard. Learn a lot. Amen. Number three. To be a missionary is to be, uh, to be a what? Missionary is to be a follower. Wow. You must be followers. Amen. I wrote a book called The Art of Following. The Art of Following. There is much to follow. So if you're going to be a disciple, all you got to do is follow. I am the number one lay pastor of this church. If you are following me, and you cannot be a successful lay pastor on a lay mission, you, have not yet, you are not following me. I'm telling you, I'm the number one lay pastor. I wrote the book, Lay People and the Ministry. I wrote it. Yeah, I wrote that book. Yes, I am in full-time ministry today, but I'm the number one lay pastor of this church. I wrote the book. I wrote it. And Yongi Cho said, look, when he became a pastor, he tried to read theological books. And he realized that it was killing him. And he realized that when he read book by Aura Roberts, and he said, you have to read something that people have done practically. 
and that they are successful. Those are the books you should read. And when you go to his office, he has pictures with four pastors. Four pastors. One, two, three, four. That's a, these are the pictures. He and those four people in his office. Practically, people who are he and Billy Graham, he and Oral Robert, people that have ministered to him in his life, practically. Yeah. People that you can follow. Not people who are giving you something. Theories. Because in the Old Testament, they were giving theories under the Old Covenant, which they themselves did not have to follow. That's why most of the prophets and most of these guys, they were polygamists, fornicators and so on, but they ministered powerful words. It's true. Like Solomon. Very powerful words. Because their life did not matter. These are the words that they were sent to deliver. But in the New Testament, your life matters. Jesus came to minister with his life. In him was light. Oh, in him was life. In him was life. And the life, his life, was the light of men. So not just his message, but his life was a light to the people. And so when, and so, and he said, whilst I am in this world, I am the light of the world. Then he turned to us and said, you are the light of the world. The light is your life. In him was life. And the life is the light. So the light that is coming out is from your life. So when sin and darkness falls into your life, and a penumbra shadow falls upon your life. On your li- then the light is darkened. You see? And then the ministry is darkened. And the ministry is affected. Because the life from which you minister has been darkened. Yes. That is why we are affected so much. By our lives and our sins. Our divorces. Our problems. Our darknesses affect us so much. Because in Him was life. And the life that you have is the light. Yes. And that is why the Bible teaches us to follow. And you can only follow something that is brightly lighting the way. Yeah. And that's why you must also guard your life. So that a penumbra shadow... Of darkness, of wickedness, of sin, of any kind of mistake should not fall upon your life. Because your life is the light that is coming out. Yeah. Amen. Are you listening to me? So, when you are becoming a disciple, a, 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 a missionary, you are, you are just being a follower. And people will also follow you. You see, from the brightness of the light that is coming out of your life. That's why your life matters. You can't just be a liar. You can't just be a liar. You can't just fornicate all the time. You can't just commit adultery. You can't just do anything you want anymore. 
You can't just live in rebellion. You can't just be disloyal and think that the light that is going to shine out of you is going to be bright. You cannot be a dangerous sun and think that a certain brightness of light is going to come out of you. You cannot be an Absalom or a Judas and think that brightness of light is going to come out of you. It's not like that. It's true. It's not like that. That's why you see many of people who do these things, even though they are good pastors and good teachers and so on, a certain darkness falls upon them. It's a penumbra shadow. One day, Archbishop Duncan Williams was talking to some people with me. He was talking to some pastors around me. Then he, he was telling them, you need to look after him. He, he told, said it so many times. He said, you need to look after him. Then he said to them, he said, look, this man is not just your leader. He said, he is a light. Then he said, when David was going out one day, and he was almost killed, and they told him, thou shalt not go out with us anymore, for you are the light of Israel. Then he explained, and he said that if something happens to him, then he said, a darkness will fall on all of you. Yeah. Because something will happen to the light, and a certain darkness will come on everybody. He said, all of you, a darkness will fall over you. Yeah. Because the light will be out. That's, that's why a leader is important. It's, 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 it, even you have to get the legs to support. It's very important. You have to prop up your life. <laughs> that's why I said take it to yourself first. Because your life is the light. Amen. Are you listening to me? Are you listening? Listen well. Oh, because this is the camp. The camp is happening now. Yeah, it's not like it's starting tomorrow. This is the camp. I'm sure you've noticed that the camp is in full swing. To be a missionary, those of you standing at the back, feel free to sit down. Feel free. If you want to stand, you can, but feel free. It does not disturb me. To be a missionary is to be a propagandist. Propaganda for Jesus. To be a missionary is to be a preacher. Wow. The next one, number seven. To be a preacher is to be a converter. Wow. How many want to be converters? Oh, I love it. You know, last week I had a, we had a healing Jesus crusade in um, the university. All right? And um, perhaps there was one thing that gave me such joy. You know, when you have a crusade, you have to have a lot of faith that what you are doing is useful. <laughs> you spend a lot of money. People just come, lift up their hand, give their life to God, then you go. There's no chair, there's nothing. So it's like you're wasting, it's just air. But a young man came to me after I was standing by my car. He said, Bishop, seven years ago, in this very school, I came forward. I was 17 years old when you preached. I was in first year medical school. He's a doctor now. I was in first year. He said, you preach on delicious living. 
He said, in this university. He said, and he said, give your life to Christ. He said, I can remember. I said, you raised, and that day I had done the same thing. I said, you raised your hand like this. He said, look at my hand. God sent me here to invite you to come. He said, I came. And I gave. I've never given my life to God. Ever since I was born, I, I came forward. And I gave my life to God. Today he's about to leave to Botswana to be a missionary. In Botswana. Wow. I said, really? You go save at such a cruise? He said, yes, it's just like this. He, he came to tell me, he said, Bishop, what you are doing is a real thing. Wow. A converter. Did you hear me? I said, a converter. That's what it means to be a missionary. It means to be a converter of people. Wow. You convert people. Convert them. How many are going to be converters? Converting people to the Lord Jesus. Wow. I love it. I love. Amen. Being a converter. The next one. If you are a missionary, it means you are an agent. Wow. An agent. How many want to be special agents? FBI. You know, there are some people I suspect them to be agents. Look, how, how many of you know that some people are agents? Huh? Do you know any agents? Who knows an agent? How do you put this in on? How, how many know some people who are agents? I want you to open your eyes carefully. You, you'll be surprised. The person sitting by you may be an agent. Is there any mysterious person? So I'm coming, I'm going, I'm, I'm going for a meeting. So you've traveled three times already. How can it be that you are able to travel so much? Amen. How can it be? You, you are, you always say, oh, I'm just going to, I'll be back. I'll be back. Hey! Somebody who can enter computers and people's emails is always behind the computer. Breaking codes. Hacking computers. But it's far better to be an agent for Jesus. I, I once had a friend who was a spy. A real friend. His name, his name begins with an S. When I found out the work that he did, I was amazed. Yeah. He was involved in torturing people, spying, seeing quietly, moving around, doing things. Today he's dead. Yeah. That's why I can tell you that his name begins with S. <laughs> but I prefer to be an agent for Jesus. As why are you here? I'm here as a converter. Why are you in this school? I'm a converter. I'm, I'm, I'm here with a mission. Why, why are you in America? I'm, I'm here with a mission. I'm not, just, I'm not just here for money. Don't be here for money. You'll be disappointed. 
Change it quickly. You see, one of the things you need to leave America with is joy and fulfillment. I don't want you to be a disappointed person. So change your vision quickly. That's what I believe in taking decisions. Change your vision to ministry. Change it from the financial vision with which you came. God, almost everybody here came with a financial dream. True or not true? So, change it quickly. Don't wait till it's not going to work at all. Then you say, you know something? I feel God has called me. Why don't you decide to be an agent? So, your job is a cover. You are an undercover agent. So, your job is just a cover for who you really are. You are an agent for Jesus. That's what you are doing. You are an agent for ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. This work is just a cover. Your green card and your person is just a cover for what you really are here to do. People are here as Al-Qaeda agents. You see, they have jobs. They have universities. They go to university. They have corner shops. They go to school. But it's all a cover. Real work. One day, I was passing by a shop which sells clothes. And somebody said to me, Have you noticed that this shop is always writing on the front, Clothes for stock taking. Stock. Every day they are taking stock in this shop. I had not noticed. So from that time I began to look at this shop. Stock. Every day they are taking stock. Stock taking. Every time. And I realized that it's a cover for something that they are doing behind it. Yeah. That, that, that is for sometimes for people to be successfully operated, they need a cover. Your job is a good cover, sister. Brother, your job is a good cover to work for the Lord. Your school is a good cover. Me, I was an undercover agent in university. Medical school was just a cover. Yeah. That's why as soon as I finished, I just dropped it. So, I don't need a cover anymore. Amen. So, decide to be an undercover agent for the Lord. Please change your vision early. Otherwise, you'll be, you'll be looking very old one day. You see, I think the Lord has called me to this, to serve to His service. Something inside me is moving on the inside, and I'm feeling certain things these days. Now I've been listening to certain camps. I was there actually, but now I'm feeling it in a certain way, especially the lay missionary camp. I feel a stirrings. All wisdom is meant for young people. The younger you are, the more wisdom can help you. Wisdom is not necessary for old people. Because you can't change so much about your life. By the time you are old, you know everything. By the time you know what to do about marriage, you've already married a wizard. (laughs) 
By the time you know what is a good husband and a good wife, you've already married a witch. And the witch is looking more and more healthy. There's no sickness that is coming. No problem. Every time they go for health check, every scan is okay. Vitamins are working. There is no deliverance in sight. <laughs> because you are hoping for a chance to use your wisdom. The experience that you have had in marriage. That no opportunity is coming. Hey! You've learned so much. So this preaching and preaching is, is for us. When you are young, listen. When you are young enough, your age, every time you give birth to one child, your age increases by 10 years. Yeah. So if you have two children, you have to add 20 years to your age. If you have three, you add 30. If you have four, you add 40. If you have five, you add 50. One day, I didn't know this principle, that one child is equal to ten years. So I saw a brother, and I sent him to the mission field. Not knowing that, he has given birth to five children. (laughs) So, (laughs) you see... Somebody, you are about 35 years old plus 5 children is what? 85. Would you send an 85 year old person? So when I sent him, at a point he wrote a letter to me. Hey! In the middle of the letter, it was only capital letters. Capital. I cannot something, something, something. I will not something, something, something. Hey! When I saw the letter, I was trembling. So I told the denominator manager, please, let my brother come home quickly. Recall. Hey! (laughs) Amen. Sometimes you see somebody, a person is 45 years old, but he has only one child. It's easier to send him. Yeah, it's only 55. (laughs) Emma, why are you laughing? (laughs) Lift your hand and say, I'm an agent for Jesus. I am an agent for Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Right. Where's she? Number eight. If you say someone is a missionary, you mean he is a carrier. Carrier. You are carrying a virus. A spiritual virus. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening salvation virus 
Work for God virus. Amen. Work for, kill yourself for Jesus virus. Amen. This is not a bless me church. This is a work for God church. Did you hear me? I said it's a work for God church. Some of us are going to take communities. Some of us are going to take little villages. Some of us will take towns. Some of us will take homes. Some of us will take cities. And some of us will even take nations. Amen. Is it a powerful thing? That's why I'm continuing to preach. And I intend to preach this message 985 more times. This particular message. 985 times more. I just began. After today, I have 984 more times to preach this particular message. If I'm 63 years old, I have to be stuck. Some of you may even be gone. I have to be standing here to be saved. To say, okay, turn number 16. To be a missionary means this. A messenger, and there will be new people who have not heard. I don't have to branch into banking and then finance and other things. No. No. I have to maintain. It's my work. It's not because of McDonald's I came here. No, I didn't come. We, have, we, have, we will soon have, I will soon be more pizza. Where is she? Once you are pondered, you have a special picture after the camp. So. Yeah, camp stars. Amen? Are you listening? Are you listening to me? Sing something.
Number what? Number nine. To be a missionary is to be an envoy. Prime Minister Blair was a special envoy to the Middle East. You are a special envoy of salvation. Amen. Is it powerful? Special envoy. Number eleven, twelve, any number, choose it. To be a missionary means to be a go-between. A go-between. Wow. Huh? To be a go-between. To be a go-between. To be a go-between. To be a go... How many want to be a go-between? Between the devil who's trying to kill the people and the world who's trying to go to hell. You are an interrupter of the aims and visions of the devil. 
Amen. You are a go-between. You are going between. Wow. One day, I was talking to a brother who got divorced. And as I was talking to this brother, I asked him, his pastor had died. And I asked him, if your pastor was here, do you think you would have divorced? He said, no way. If my pastor had been here, he would have waved his hand and said, wait, just wait till I tell you. Hold on with the divorce till I tell you what to do. And he would have been there waiting up till today. That's what he told me. He said, I've been waiting up till now. No, it would not have come on. Yeah. Sometimes when the go-between is gone, one day a brother came to me, he told me he was going to divorce his wife. And um, he didn't like his wife. Actually, he told somebody and then, so I called, I said, I sent someone, go call, call brother for me. So when he came, I said, brother, where did you learn that thing from? Where did you learn it from? Nonsense! Go back to the room. And love your wife. <laughs> And he humbly put his tail between his legs and went back to his room with his wife to love his wife. That's it. And many times I've seen that when you are a pastor, you have a lot of authority. You have to use it when you have to use it. You have to say, stop it. Stop it now. Yeah. And sometimes you are the only person who can say so. So sometimes when we withdraw, the go-between has stepped back and said, meet yourselves. Marriage is not as easy as people look in the photographs. One day, I heard of a great um, important person and uh, they were having problems in their marriage. So, they I didn't, I, I've never heard of it before. They said, oh, they are going on a journey to take some pictures so that they can help the public image. I said, wow, I've never heard of anything like that. He said that it would help them what they were doing. I said, wow. So we realized that a lot of pictures are just pictures. But it's not telling the real story. Most of your houses, you have your wedding picture. Hey! How you were looking so nice. Beautiful. At that time, your wife had a waist. Now there is no more waist. The waist has joined to the neck. <laughs> Malta Guinness. <laughs> the waist is what? Wherever the belt is, that's the waist. Some of the quarrels are evil spirits. They can only be solved with a man of authority speaking. 
and saying, enough. And even for somebody who has enough authority to say, you are wrong. You are wrong. It's your fault. Shut up. Who is fearless that the other person will say, hey, you are always on so and so side. That's how people are. When you step in, they will hit you. That's why people say, when married couples are quarreling, don't get involved because they will soon reunite. And then you'll be the bad person and you have also brought your mouth into this case. (laughs) All your words will be remembered. So, people always advise, don't say anything. But you see, a pastor may be a go-between. And when you are a good pastor, you are not afraid to say you are wrong. Recently, I told a certain wife of a certain pastor. I said, she was saying something bad things about her husband. I said to her, why don't you stop? I said, what a pitiful state are you in? You are in a pitiful state. I said, you are the most unfortunate wife for any husband to ever have. Somebody like you. I told her, I said, you are the most unfortunate woman that any man could have married by mistake. I told her like that, straight. And some other things, if I could remember, I would tell you the other things that I told her. I don't care. I don't care. She's coolly in the system. Because some people are like that. I don't believe in a man is causing it, a woman is causing it. All of us are human beings, so 50% of the bad things can come from either side. Women are as bad as men. They look nicer than men, but they are as bad as men. Sure. Women are always looking beautiful. Even women find other girls beautiful. Girls, even other girls find other girls. You always look at a girl. She looks so nice. She looks so gentle. So soft. So pure. So gentle. I said they are not gentle at all. At all. Hey. They are not gentle. They are not kind at all. But they look kind. They look kind. They look. A man always look bad. Man is always bad. He's always likes girls, following girls. His mind is on. This is the mind he has when you see a brother. This is his mind. Oh. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't. Yes, we are, we are sorry in case of any, whatever. But the beauty of the sisters is no longer deceiving. Yeah, no. So you need, you need sometimes a go-between. And some of you, if, you, if, we, if there's no go-between. And some of you don't have go-between because you don't open up. You stay in your house struggling with your quarrels. Which have just one solution. Pain like this, it would have been solved. Like the pastor said, if my pastor had been alive. I asked him, I asked him, I knew his pastor. I said, if he had been alive, do you think he said, oh, he waved his hand like this, said, he would have just said, wait till I tell you. He didn't say the solution he would have said, he would have said, wait. You just wait. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. Recently, somebody had a problem. And I said, wait, I will tell you when. I remember the, the, this one. I said, I said, wait, wait, I will tell you what to do. Just wait. 
Suddenly she was quiet and everything was okay. I said, just wait, I'll tell you what to do. Isn't that fantastic? Huh? One day I saw a couple, they were married, they were not having a child. I said, adopt a child. Really? Said, yeah, just adopt a child now. And they adopted a child instantly. Because you t- cannot occur to you to adopt a child. It's a very big thing. You are just in your world. How, how do you even decide? But your father comes and says, look, do this now. Really? Say, just do it. I said, do it. Solve everything. If you hold back your pastoral work and don't become the caring pastor that God has called, you'll be surprised how many people belong. When Lily died, you see the people that were giving the testimony. She looked after us. She was visiting us. She was talking to us. And I was, when I was listening, I said, oh, thank God. All these country teachers are not in vain. Somebody will rise up and do something. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Amen. So my friends, you know, being a pastor, and that's why I want more go-betweens. Hey! Marriages are trembling. Lives are shaking. People are quaking under the pressures of this life. All they are waiting is for somebody with authority. Meanwhile, you also have problems. So, but when the time comes, you see that you rise up and say, no, this is the way. <laughs> Wait till I tell I'll call you. I'll call you. When I call you, then you. <laughs> is it not a powerful thing? Wow. I love it. Amen. Number, how many numbers do you have? Eleven. To be a missionary means to be an errand boy. Wow. An errand boy. Wow. To do an errand for the Lord. Read your Bible carefully and let's ask ourselves, what work did the prophets do that they were so great? Most of them, just one message. Just go and tell Ahab that. This, and that's the end of your ministry. I mean, you guys see, what did they, the whole life, what did they do? Yeah, it's going to rain, and then it rains. That's all. Yeah. So you see, God doesn't have any complex work for us to do. It's to carry out an errand. Stand there and say the word. Stand there, do this. Do whatever you have to do. Wow. And so we must carry out the errands that God has given us. And all of us are going to be missionaries. We are going to be missionaries. We are going to go on a mission. We are going to be missiles for Jesus. Are you ready to carry out an errand for the Lord? Yeah. One day, a friend of mine went to visit the president of a certain country whose name begins with a G. I mentioned seven countries whose name begins with a G. Guyana, Germany, Gambia, Guatemala, Guinea, Greece, Gabon, Greenland. He said when he got there, he was amazed. He saw the minister of finance. The president wanted some tea. The minister of roads and highways was running to boil the water. The minister of finance was collecting the milk. 
the minister of health was holding the sugar. About four ministers were face filling the teacup. I said, wow! Around boys. Around boys for what? A man who has a job for four years. What a shock. And why don't you want to be an errand boy for Jesus Christ? When he sends you on an say, look, go to this town. You see, many of us are going to relocate after this camp. Huh? Your, destiny is, your destiny is often connected to a particular place. Joseph would never have been a prime minister in Israel desert. He had to become a discovered to be a prime minister in Egypt. Yeah. He had to travel to Egypt to become a prime minister. If he had not gone to Egypt, he would never have become the prime minister. So some of us, you see, there is so much destiny connected to a place that you go to. And that is why we must go. One day a pastor said to me, I have a burden for Southern Africa. From that day I sent him to Southern Africa. Recently I met with eight pastors, young pastors who had come. And one of them spoke up. He said, I had a dream that I was sent to a country which was dominantly Islamic. I immediately decided to send him to an Islamic country. Yes. Because when God is sending you, that's the best place to go. Not just an idea. Amen. So some of you, sometimes if something is in your heart. Something is in your heart. is burning in your heart. You must do it. You must go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Are you excited that you are becoming an errand boy? Number 12. To be a, a missionary is to be a promoter. Wow. How many are going to be promoters of Jesus? Promoters of Jesus. Promoters of the church. Amen. Wow. The next one, to be a missionary is to be a defender. You see, no one wants to stand up and defend the cause of Christ, the cause of the church. Amen. Thank God for people who defend the church. If I build a church and I have 50 members and somebody takes 20 of the members away, what has happened? Something has attacked the church and has taken away some of the members. If I have 50 cows, 20 of them away, what has happened? That is why today I am not a goat farmer because I had goats. And I gave them to Bishop Saki to keep for me in Winneba. And one day he came and told me that he, he also got some goats. So we were doing a joint goats business. And one day he came to tell me that something has happened and my goats have just died. And his were alive. What a shock! But I commended his goats to eternity. And it's been a long time. I've not heard of those goats. But I don't have goats because my goats... 
get finished. My, I, I got some cows. Because I'm, I'm persistent. I want to continue to persist in my visions and dreams. So I got some cows. A certain number. Just a few. After several years, several years of feeding the cows, injecting them, they were exactly the same number. In fact, at the point, they were less. <laughs> and you know why? Why, 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 why were my cows, why was, why was it not growing? Because one day, we came, and they called me that somebody has stolen two cows. Two, can you imagine big cows you have taken in the daylight? How, how did they go? Then another time, somebody, one has died. So you see, when you have people who keep taking away, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are destroying your business and your vision and your mission. And that is why we will react severely to anybody and to anything which wants to take away the church and the members we have, including in Maryland. In uh, what is that town called? Laurel. We react to it. And we'll speak about it. Those of you who send texts to people when we are preaching that this is what they are saying about you. May something happen to your finger. Yeah. Those who are two, two-faced here and there. Agents of something else. So, what do you expect me to do? What do you think I'm doing here? Am I not working? I mean, is it not work we are doing? The, the excitement is gone. It's now we are down to work. The excitement is, the thrill is gone. There's no excitement, there's no thrill, it's just work. And you have to be, I'm laboring, I'm tired. I've been on a flight. I've been on a, when I, when I left where I was coming from, it was 11 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't eat before I left. I got on my flight. I couldn't eat any of the food on the flight. 12 and a half, 30 and a half hours. I didn't eat anything, I was just on the plane. I've also arrived here, I've come, driven five hours, I'm here. I'm preaching, it's 1 a.m. now. I'm working. I'm building my church. I'm building the church. When somebody come, you take half of the member, you take away a whole church. You take away. It's a dangerous person. And we will defend it. And there are people who are defenders of the church. And there are people amongst us who defend and they don't, don't do that to the church. You can fulfill your ministry and your calling. Whatever. Just don't spoil our church. Because we are, all our work is we are trying to build a church. Yeah. Just go and do whatever you want to do. Don't leave the people. Look at how the investment I'm teaching you how to be a shepherd is to be an indoctrinator, a converter, a this, a this. I'm trying to teach and build up my people. You can't one day just carry the people away. What do you tell them? How many years it takes before you see one person that is standing there, I mean, solidly? A person's mind is not twisted. When you come, you, the person will say, you. I went one day in a certain town. I was going to build a church. We had a, had a similar situation there. And the person, when I left the person, immediately the husband told the wife, this man is looking for money. Because I, he didn't know me. His name begins with an A. And when I entered his house, he, he behaved as if he was receiving Christ. He pretended that he was receiving Christ. He was receiving salvation. He was being converted. I prayed with him. And then as soon as I left, his wife said to me later, Said that well, as soon as we left, no, he, he said, "Oh, this man is looking for money from Ghana." But it takes years before people's mind grow gradually. Said that it's not actually money that the man is looking after. It's been so many years now. 
If it was money, maybe you may be here all the time, going from church to church, taking money, going around. You are all treasures. This is not the bank you put the money in. Is it not the bank or you give it to me? It takes years for you to know that. Yeah, it takes years for you to know that. Yeah. So, I mean, we can't just sit down and say, we are feeling sad that somebody has come to tell you, okay, we shall continue. No. To be a missionary is to be a defender. I said to be a missionary is to be a defender. 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 Amen. Look. And one day when I'm no more here, you will see that people will also rise up and defend the church. But there will always be defenders of the church. They will say, no, no, no. You are spoiling the church. Don't spoil. This is not what we came to do. Yes. And by the grace of God, you see, Jesus said, I have called you that you may bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. He didn't call us to bear something that is just for two days or one year. You know, our church in Geneva, I tell you, it's even amazing to me. 20 years it's been there. A church that has experienced severe poundings. Churches have come and vanished. A, a church I visited, I attended, international something, something church. The pastor has gone somewhere. This is doing this, this, uh, different things. Our church is still there. I just thank God. Yeah. Geneva. Of all places. It was a church we experienced the severe testings. First. <laughs> Are you still there? So I, I want you to have that permanent mind. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived at all. A missionary is a defender. You can't build and say, anybody can come for some of the blocks. Anybody can come for some of the blocks. <laughs> Amen. So we thank the Lord. Hallelujah. To be a missionary is to be a devotee. And these are words in the, you know, I didn't conjure up these words. They are in the dictionary. A devotee. You must be devoted. How many are devoted? It's in the Bible. They were devoted to the apostles and to their doctrine. There's nothing wrong with being devoted to a pastor. There are people that are devoted to me. And I also look at the way people are devoted to me to also know how to work with them. Yeah. There's nothing wrong if somebody is devoted to you. Because the ministry is a person. Yeah, the ministry is a person. The ministry is a person. That's why I said that you are light. If the day that your light goes out, a darkness will fall. To the whole system. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong. The Bible says they were devoted to the apostles and to the doctrines. The doctrine that was being taught. They, they liked the teachings. Because everywhere. To, when I was in Korea, you know, in the Hilton Hotel, right in the middle of the city. Ah, who should I see? Sitting right in the lobby. Two ladies, two Korean ladies. Okay. They were being filmed. A, a crew had come, a Nigerian crew, filming crew. And the two ladies, Korean ladies, were reading Pastor Chris's book, Pastor Chris of Christ Embassy. 
He has a book called Rhapsodies of Realities. And they were holding it and reading in Korean and having a TV program right in the, on the staircase. Because Christ Embassy is one of the great churches from Nigeria. And the pastor is called Pastor Chris. They are devoted to the doctrines of their apostle. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way it should be. You should be devoted. If you are in a church, you should be devoted to the, to the, the doctrines in the church. Well, every church will have a few things that they, are, they have. And you should be devoted to it. If they are to, they, you see them in every language, every country. Rhapsodies of reality. Rhapsodies of, I don't even understand the meaning of the word rhapsody. But they are devoted to it. It's a word. And they are devoted to that word. <laughs> ah, you must be devoted to it. Devote and understand it. Try to understand it better. Because you don't understand it fully. Because sometimes you wonder when somebody is now manifesting. How he can fulfill all the steps in a book that you have also taught. The first person who did that was when I started teaching stages of disloyalty. And he taught it. The person who manifested, he taught it himself. About so many, many years ago. He taught stages of disloyalty. How, what a disloyal, this, 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 that. So why? He taught it and then he did it. He taught it and he practiced all the steps. I mean, he practiced the opposite of it. The first time I saw was, sorry, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And since then, I keep seeing, you see somebody, I wrote a book, Those Who Live. Do you have my books here? Those Who Live, you bring it. Those Who Live, you see, they say characteristic, they behave in a particular way. Why do people even try to even modify your steps? But it's the same thing all the time. This is fantastic. So, dear friend, be devoted to the teaching, but don't just say, oh, this is my book. But learn it, study it, and believe God that you will never become something that you are teaching against today. Help us, oh, help us. Help us. Amen. Okay. 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 Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm suspicious of you that you are sleeping at a time when you should not be sleeping. We are going to be closing in a minute or two. But if I don't finish this one, it's going to carry forward into tomorrow. And I was just giving you three points and I'm on the second point. Because I have not even got into what it means to be a missile. I was giving you what it means to be a missionary. What it means to be a messenger. And now what it means to be a missile. But I'm not going to go to the missile, but let me finish this one. Messenger. Number, number 20. Number what? What number do you have? 15. It means to be an admirer. Admiration. Admire. Listen, it means to be an admirer. You must admire. Admiration helps to dry out negative thoughts. Admiration helps to dry out 
negative thoughts. I'm telling you. That's why you usually receive anointing for somebody who is far away. Because it's only admiration. None of other aspects come in. Few people have the ability to be close. See what is real. Everybody is a human being. And then still admire. Not, not everybody can do that. There are some people because they will be rude to you. Just now they will be rude to you. Just now they will correct you. They will tell you but this and that. Hey. You eat with them once, so they will just tell you, you are fussy. Eh? It seems you are fussy. You eat with them once, they will tell you, you like chicken, pa. You see, you really like chicken. I shouldn't have eaten with you so far. You, you will see my blows. You see my blows and you tell me that I like chicken. That's why sometimes when we go out, we don't even eat. And you say, ah, Bishop is a white man. One day somebody came to my house and opened the fridge and looked inside. Hey! I don't want to say what the person said. <laughs> One day, I went to a restaurant with four people. And as I sat down, I looked at the guys. I said, no, these guys will despise me when I eat. So I said, we have two choices. We have a restaurant here that says a bunubunu. A bunubunu soup and other delicacies from Ghana. And this one, the owner of the restaurant is a white man. They serve international food. Which one do you want? Half of them lifted their hands. So we want the herbs, the ebunubunu soup. So I said, Look, take your car and go there. Those will be here. Were you there on that day? You were there. Uh-huh. You were one of those who select, elected to, to be there. And I sent the others to go and come. And they went, the others went. They came full. And, they, and we were also here. We also ate and we were full. But I will be eating. Then you will be looking and say, Hey! This man is a white man. Oh, I don't need you to say that I'm a white man. Because when I go to a white man, he says I'm a black man. When I go to a black man, he says I'm a white man. I don't know which color I belong to now. What should I do with myself? What should I do now? So, Admiration. Learn to admire. So even when you've been around for a long time. You see, that's, as I went to Yongicho this time. I've been going since 1994. I've been going to Korea every year. This time I was filled with even more admiration. More. I tell you, I've never admired Yongicho more than this year. As I sat. And when, I was, when he was going, he just held my When I, He hugged me. I said, hey. And then he said something to me. At first I didn't understand what he said. He said, then I, I realized what he had said. I will tell you what he said. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, I won't tell you. I'll tell some people, but I won't tell you. <laughs> Amen? Number, tw- number, number what? 16. To be a missionary is to be a backer. 
You back somebody. Wow. One day I went to South America. We had a crusade with a lot of miracles. And a man came up, a millionaire. And he, he spoke to my interpreter. And my interpreter whispered to me. He said, this man says that you should come and start a church in this town. And that he will back you. He will be your backer. He, the word he used was back. And that's what it means to be a backer. You back the thing. Support. I'm a backer of Lighthouse, of the mission in America. I'm a layman. I'll be an old man as a layman. you see something practically in this country. Yes. Churches all over. Buildings all over. A day is coming. You'll see practically. You'll be in it. And you'll be glad. You'll be glad. You'll be glad that you were part of it. Yeah. Is to be a backer. Tell somebody I'm a backer. And give the person's back a good slap of a backer. Say, I'm a backer. I hit the backs of people who are sleeping. Number 21. Number, number 17. What number do you have? Okay, to be a missionary is to be a fan. Remember Michael Jackson used to say, all my fans out there. Isn't it? My fans, my fans. When you are a fan of Jesus, a fan of the church, a fan of what God is doing, that's what God is calling us to be. Amen. Next one. If you say somebody is a missionary, it means he has been sent abroad by a church. Wow, you've been sent abroad by a church. How many want to be sent abroad by a church? You're already abroad, aren't you? Huh? You're already abroad, aren't you abroad? But you see, you're Americans. You can go to Western Samoa. You can go to Hawaii. There are so many parts of America. We are sending you abroad. When you go out of your state, you have gone abroad. Yeah. You go out of your current state, you have gone abroad. Yeah. North Carolina to South Carolina. You've gone abroad. Nebraska, Greenland. We want to have lighthouse in all states. West, the western side. When we are coming from Korea, we, passed, we flew over all of you on the west. California, all the gays are over there, the, I mean, all those type of people, we, we have to go there. In the middle, the mountains. There are some mountains in the middle. Huh? Montana. Is it a state? Montana. Nebraska. Greenland. Yeah, we have to go there. You see, there are more people now than when we started the church. More! 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 And we have to now decide to go to the places. Actively, yeah, intentionally to be sent abroad by a church. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to be sent abroad by my church. Wow, is it not exciting? How many realize that when you say that it already feels, I mean, already feels young and then something new to be sent abroad by a church? What? That's why I was telling you that. You see, when you, when you do missionary, it gives you jobs. When it gives you jobs, it takes away some evils from you. It's the evil of retirement. No job. 
old age. No, and some of you, even the church you are pastoring, they are tired of you. You understand? You need a new church. It's true. It's true. Because this church you are pastoring, some of you, you use it as an experiment. So it's an experimental church to learn how to be a pastor. So your real pastoral ministry is now coming. Hey! Yeah! Samson, what do you think? Yeah. Would it be good for you to move? <laughs> God is giving you a new life in a new town. Yes. A new day. Nobody here is old enough to retire. I'm telling you, take it for Elaine, have you retired? Do you pastor a church? Do you preach? You've retired. You preach where? Second service. French service. Are you sure? <laughs> you see, when you when let me tell you something. Backsliding, eh? You we are always thinking of only five things: smoking, drinking, fornication, stealing, and lying. You see, this is classic backsliding. So we have pastoral backsliding. Spiritual backsliding. And you also have to look at what did you used to be doing? What were you doing? And what are you doing now? Because some of you, you were far more spiritual when you were in secondary school and you were a, 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 a scripture union leader or a, a, a youth leader. But now you've made yourself like an elderly statesman. It's true. No, but you see, look at me. I'm giving you an example myself. When I was in school, I was radically preaching, doing this. I'm still doing strange things. I'm going to Niger. Nobody has said I could say that. And Richard Roberts, he told me something yesterday. He said, look, I was on British Airways. He's the only person who has ever had a crusade in Niger. No one had a crusade in 2006. Richard Roberts, the son of our Roberts, he was with us in Korea. He's also on the board. So Richard Roberts, he told me, he came to my table. He came back and said, listen, let me tell you. I was, when I announced I was going to Niger, he told me, look, I was on British Airways. And one of the engines went off. I was flying, so I was flying from Ghana to America or something. One of the engines went off. And they didn't tell us. And then the second engine went off in the plane. Yeah. And we had to make an emergency landing in Niger. Yeah. And they couldn't repair the plane. So he said, we stayed there for 36 hours. He said, when I was there, God told me, come and have a crusade in this town. He said, That's, he said that is why I've had a crusade there. Yeah. Otherwise, I will never have. Mali, no one has had a crusade there before. Bonke Hassan, all of these places. Yeah. So I'm still doing odd things. How to move from, from Accra to Niger? I'm driving. Yeah, I'm driving. There's no aeroplane. I'm driving with, and now there's a lot of armed robbery, so many things on the way. Between Wagadugu and Niamey, it's another mountain road with a lot of armed robberies and things on it. So many things. It's not, it's not just recently that we've been doing strange things for Christ. 
So when I look at myself, I still, that I'm, I'm, I still feel danger and stress and pressure. Do you feel the same danger and the same stress and the same pressure? Or you are a retired general, a retired Bible study leader, a retired whatever. Yeah. I want you to feel the stress of ministry and the pressure. If you are a true follower and you are my disciple. Don't sit down and praise yourself that you don't commit adultery, fornication, smoking, drinking, lying, and stealing. It's not an achievement. It's not an achievement. At a certain point, even your sexual desire will be low. You cannot even have an erection. One pastor, he went to go and commit fornication. The erection didn't come. (laughs) He was saved. He was saved by the erection. It couldn't come. He was afraid. No, in the end it came. <laughs> but it, it couldn't come. You yourself now, you'll be weak. All those things will be less. So you can't claim it as an achievement. Maybe when you are young, it's an achievement. At a certain point. But as you are going, you see that. Mm. Something has changed inside. <laughs> You have to rather look at your pastor, your, the size of your church. Look at the size of your church today. Look at the presence of God in your ministry. Look at the power of God. You have miracles. Look at your ability to preach and teach. Look at even your authority. One day I had a crusade and Archbishop Duncan Williams was, he came. I think he's one of the only crusades he has ever attended. He was sitting behind me with uh, Bishop Blakes and other bishops. They were all sitting behind me. And I, Bishop Blake preached, and then I did a miracle time. Afterwards, he was telling me, you see, the way you were just... First of all, he said, these people that you are laying hands on, be careful. <laughs> then, he, then, he said, <laughs> then he said, the way you just pray quietly, and then uh, you just call miracles to be happening, he said, it's called authority. He said, spiritual authority. That is what you are using, spiritual authority. There's no shout, nothing, just whatever. He said, spiritual authority. Yeah. And even I myself, I can see the way even people will respond to me. You understand? I sense a different authority. So you have to measure yourself. When you say, I don't lie, I don't steal, I don't commit fornication, I don't, I don't, what are they, what again? I don't smoke and I don't drink. Ah, even unbelievers have stopped smoking. Can you be using smoking as a measuring rod for your spiritual achievement today? Ah! Are you still around or you are going home? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was asking Elaine. I know she used to pastor the church in New Jersey. All alone. In Philadelphia, huh? Yeah. Gilly used to be a SU leader. He's now a pastor. So he's moved ahead. So what's the next step? We have to keep on moving. What, what, what was she singing? I've got to keep on singing. I've got to keep on shouting. 
But why do you go away from the, uh, this thing? This is not how we work here. <laughs> we are on duty. It's not a, a thrill. There are no thrills. That's what there are no thrills. We are on duty. We are working. And send her to join her husband. You cannot marry. I'm singing. I'm going to keep on shouting. I'm going to keep on lifting my voice. And let the world know Jesus. exciting to be sent abroad by a church. I feel excited by such a decision. Amen. And the last one, to be a missionary is to, be, to have a desire to convert people to your own beliefs. Amen. To convert people to your own beliefs. Amen. Is it powerful? How many are going to convert people to your own beliefs? Tomorrow morning, by the grace of God, we shall look at what it means to be a missile. Amen. Wow. And I feel excited about you. This year, I really feel in my spirit there are going to be missionaries. Listen, can I have some chairs? Give me five chairs. Put it on the stage. Five chairs. These are the chairs of honorable missionaries whom are being sent out. God is sending you. He's not sending you to do anything bad. He's sending you to be a converter, an indoctrinator. Put them behind me. One, two, three, four, five. These are people sitting in these chairs. 
beautiful people who listen and believe and obey. They are going to be wonderful. And this, this chairs will be filled before we go. Amen. Who is going to sit on these chairs? Yeah. You're going to sit on one of those chairs, I know. Amen. You're, you're going to be on these chairs. You're going to go out there. Do something for Jesus instead of doing something for yourself. You see, most of you, the towns you are in, you are doing something for yourself. Tell the truth. Is it not true? Only that because you are in Lighthouse, Lighthouse, you can do something for yourself and add the church to it. No, you have to be honest too. You have to be honest so that you can move forward. When you are not honest, you will never be healed. But this time, I want you to do something because of the church. To take the church and your work will be at the second. Just like Samson did in uh, Connecticut. And just like Francis did in um, Las Vegas. But that's not what Pinana did in Canada. No. You moved there to stabilize your life. To get a Canadian passport. Establish your children to speak like Canadians. And to have an international established situation of your life. There's nothing wrong with that as a born again Christian. But I'm talking about something higher than that now. That you will do that change of your life for God, because of God. And see if God cannot bless you. Amen. We are blessed. All that I'm doing, I'm doing it for. I never, I never thought that one day I will fly from Korea to here. Think about that. To come and preach to people in America. When I said I'm giving, I said no, I'll finish. I'll never, I'll never, never travel again in this world. Now I'm traveling. I, I'm always praying. I hope I'm doing the right thing. I've been invited this year so many times. I cannot come. 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 Because I really want to have crusades. Amen. So brothers and sisters, this time, God is going to use you. You see, your heart is the most important thing. My heart is the most important. What am I trying to do? Amen. What am I trying to do? From which heart? So I want you to change your heart. Because your heart has obeyed money. Has obeyed finances. And now I want your heart to obey God. Do something for God. I don't mean leave your job. That's full time. On this camp, there's no, I'm not talking about full time at all. There's not even 1% full time. And I'm telling you, the world was saved by lay missionaries. The word full time came up recently. Believe me. Lay people who are sent by the church. Can I have an amen from somebody? Father, we are thanking you for the blessing of your word tonight. In the name of Jesus, we are grateful. As we go to bed and we come tomorrow, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will bless everything we are doing. Bless our hearts. Touch our hearts. Speak to us. We thank you for this great blessing you've given to us in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Thank you for lay missionaries. You've blessed us with. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now listen. Before we go to bed, I want us to take an offering. At this camp, listen. At this camp, are you there? Hello, are you there? I want... I'm going to ask you to support a type of healing. Does anybody have any idea where I could get such money from? Mystery, mystery, mystery. The mystery of the 250,000 US dollars that I need to do the ministry work. Huh? Do you have any idea? Does anybody have any idea where I could get such money from? Right from you, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 250 people giving $1,000. We are, we are supposed to be more than 250 people. How many know that pay rent for $1,000 a month? Is there people who pay $1,000 a month? Raise your hand if you know of anybody. If you know of anybody, not you, but you know of somebody in this section, $1,000 a month. Wow, only four of you know of somebody. You, you don't know of this. You know somebody. All right. How many believe that by the time we are leaving, we are going to have 200 in steam in Sierra Leone, and then we have a 15 in Guinea, Pastor Temi, all at the same time. So these are land, so we are moving through the towns, and it's a lot of work in advance. They are away from their families for a long time to do this. That's on the ground. But we also want to strike from the air. Wow. Yeah, so that's why that's what I, I want I really want to go away from this camp with that help from your support. Amen. And I know I know I'm gonna go away with more than more than what I need. More than I can carry. Specifically for that. I believe it's possible. Amen. So a sum total of all the offerings that we take at this program. I hope will be more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollar. Dollar. Do you believe? Or you don't believe? Yeah, it's possible. All things are possible. Yeah. Some of you are going to give one thousand, two thousand, ten thousand, five thousand. But when we add it all, by the grace of God, we can do it. We can do. And we will do in Jesus' name. Amen. If it is not big, then it's not a vision. <laughs>